You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. So I preached on Sunday that destiny is a choice. We're having a little fun here tonight, but don't worry. It's good for those with a religious spirit. My ministry team will be ready for you afterwards. Don't worry. I had one. 30 years, I was, you know, raised one way. When I came here, I was offended every Sunday over that. And finally, I got set free, and then my life got better. So it's amazing that I had such a dysfunctional, jacked-up life, but I was so judgmental. And then when I had a religious spirit broke off me, it's amazing. I started loving up people differently. I, had, I wanted everyone to come. But before, I'd be like, what are they doing here? I saw them on Friday night. Oh, my gosh, that guy bought two bottles of bottle service. What does he think he can come to church? What a hypocrite I was. And I'm so grateful I got set free from that because it took the blinders off. I had a big old log sticking out of my eye. And now it became so easy to love some people. And that's the church we want to be, is the people that can love some people. It's so important that we never forget that. I want all that are lost to find the house of God where they can find life and life to the full. Like my wife was saying, that color, we're gonna brighten up the world. And everything we do is gonna point to Jesus, the author and the finisher. So I was preaching on Sunday, destiny is a choice. Point number one is what you see matters. And the whole premise to that, I was just preaching around Joshua and Caleb, 12 leaders, 12 influencers. They all were told to go check out the land, but two had a different vision. And those two were the only two that walked into the promised land. So what you see does matter. And I'm not gonna go preach on it, but I do encourage you, it came out yesterday. I encourage you to podcast it. So this point number three, you have a revelation on what I'm saying as a total package. It's so important that we put it all together, but what you see matters. Because if you're not seeing what kingdom looks like, there will be a ceiling over your life. And I want every one of you to get into the promised land that God has for you. And he does, there are promises that he has for you but how you see matters. Point number two was what you believe matters. How you see a thing is one thing, but can you believe it even when you see it? There's many things that start to, you start to see things, but you're like, you know what? That's for everybody else but me. And see what the devil does, he tries to convince us that we're not worthy, that we sin too much, that we jack that thing up, so we disqualify ourselves before God can even get to us what he's trying to get to us. So what you believe about yourself matters. What you believe matters. And my whole point was, every one of us need a Red Sea moment. How would I go from a guy that was raised in church, had my own theology, to suddenly, one day, be willing to open my heart to be a part of a church that was almost completely not in alignment of how I was raised, meaning the power of the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, believing for miracles. I didn't grow up like that. I didn't grow, grow up thinking God could do anything. I grew up that I should just be honored enough to walk into the house of God and you walk in and you get reverent and you're just this big and you better repent all the time because you're probably going to hell. And if you can just scrape by Maybe there's a chance that when you get to the gate, Jesus will be like, yep, whew, 
you just made it. That's how I was raised. But when I came here, it was a different gospel. It made me want to read my Bible. It made me want to press in. And then when I saw my friend get healed, I had my Red Sea moment. I, I, I can't ever go back. I was a doctor. I knew what was possible and not possible in that mentality. But it rattled my brain to a point that it changed my belief system. See, I saw Pastor Jurgen's life. I saw other great people in our church getting blessed. So I could see the difference. But it wasn't until the penny dropped 18 inches from my head to my heart that I could believe different. And once I could believe different, let me tell you, I ain't going back to that old thing. I ain't going back to that downtown. I ain't going back to that, that thing that I was doing, getting caught up in the world. And people are like, how did you do it? You know what? It was easy because I changed my belief. I could do it in the money world. I could do it in the business world. I changed my beliefs about a lot of things. But why was I so caught up that I couldn't change my belief in church? Because the devil's a liar. And the minute I had my Red Sea moment, see, there was a whole generation that didn't come through the Red Sea. They'd already passed away. So they only got to hear about stories from Joshua and Caleb about the Red Sea. But when they had their own moment crossing the Jordan, walking through on dry land, guess what? They had their moment. And they were able to pass that moment on, put 12 stones to remind every generation past then, don't ever forget what just happened. And then when they got through there, guess what? When some crazy person named Joshua said, yeah, we're gonna walk around this thing seven times, they didn't have a bunch of naysayers, a bunch of people going, man, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. They said, I've heard what's happened in the Red Sea to Moses. I heard what happened to my dad coming across the Jordan. Sign me up, let's walk around this thing. And they started walking. And next thing you know, they didn't care what kind of person they looked like. They just shouted out and the walls went flat. What you believe matters. Which brings me to point number three. And I'm out of time. I'm just joking. What you do matters. Get off the fence. If I had to break it down in three little things, number one is what you do matters. What you see matters, what you believe. Now what you do matters. Number one, get off the fence. What do you mean? See, I'll never forget the girl of my dreams was at an airport. I walked over to her, asked her out on a date. Man, I was bold and courageous. But then, you know, six months later, I was sitting there and I just said, I got down on a knee and I said, I know I'm not as wealthy as Tom. I know I'm not as good looking as Tom. I know I'm not as well educated as Tom. But Kayla, I love you. Obviously moved, she responded and she said, I love you too, but can you tell me more about Tom? <laughs> just to let you know, I did not do that. I swooped her up and stole her. But if I was on the fence, that's how a lame man would be asking out his wife to marry him. You are the man. Get on that knee and put that ring on there and let's do this thing. Get off the fence. But we do the same thing with God. We'll stand in worship. We'll sing a song like all things are possible. This is how we fight our battles. And then we leave here with our tail tucked between our legs going, 
I want to go in that store, but they're going to wear me wear something. Maybe I'll just go home. Get off the fence. I had to realize if I'm a son of the king, maybe I should act like one. But we've raised up an American culture that we go to church because it's the right thing to do, but we don't have the expectation that God's going to move in our life. So you know, you're like, I want something more for my life, but I can't wrap my head around that, that big a house, so I'll settle for this. I want to go for that new job, that new position. I see that it's open, but man, I'm not qualified. But it's amazing what you do matters. You got to see it. You got to believe it. But how you walk this out in your life, the joy of the Lord set before him, he endured the cross. Some of us say we're Christians, but we don't look joyful. Some of us say we're Christians, but we're not doing life as a bold and courageous Christian like Joshua and Caleb taking the promised land. But yet God is saying, I need you to do something now. Step number one, just get off the fence. Maybe I'll go to church this morning if I feel like it. Don't ask your emotions. Just make a commitment. Get off the fence. I'm going. No matter how you feel. I'm just trying to help you because most of my pastoral care stuff is the people that are torn between the two. James, I love James. He says this in James 4, 7 and 8. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near you. Wash your hands, sinners. Purify your hearts. Don't be double-minded. Maybe I'll go, maybe I won't. It's Wednesday night, it was a long day. Maybe I'll go, maybe I won't. Get committed, get off the fence. Watch what God can do when you go all in. What you do matters. He's got you to see differently. He's got you to start believing differently. Some people I know, like, they've been for a year, and they're like, ah, I don't know if DNA is for me. Just go. We're trying to give you a pathway where God can do stuff. Just go. It's only going to help you. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Be sure. I've gone before you. I've been to the promised land. I'm coming back to help you. It's like someone that's been through a dark room, and they keep hitting their stuff on the, on the nightgown and... But someone that's been through it all the time can just show you. Watch out for that, watch out for that. Hey, come right here. We have incredible discipleship, but are you discipleable? What you do matters. Number two of this three part is choose God, choose faith. I'm telling you what, I wrote this last week and Pastor Jurgen started preaching today at our staff meeting. I'm like, did I give him my notes? I was so wicked up, but no, it's a God thing. He brought a word today that I was already written down. Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In Luke 18, 8, it says, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Your faith matters. Choose God. Choose faith. Get around people that have overflow of faith, almost to the point they annoy you. Some of you were like, why is that guy doing a tithe message so hyped up on life? It maybe rubbed you a little wrong. 
that's who you need to go hang out with. I want to buy that guy a coffee. I want to get that type of faith around that type of word. Faith unlocks treasure in heaven. How many of us need a little treasure from heaven? If you have no faith, you have no power. If you have no faith, you have no miracles, but some of you need a miracle. So what do you need? Faith. What you do matters. The message version, it said this, then the master said, do you hear what the judge, corrupt as he is, is saying? So what makes you think God won't step in and work justice for his chosen people who continue to cry out for help? Won't he stick up for them? I assure you, he will. He will not drag his feet, but how much of that kind of persistent faith will the Son of Man find on earth when he returns? Destiny is a choice was the title tonight. Choose to serve God alone. Don't get caught up in everything else. Choose faith. Number three, warrior up and stay the course. Now that you've chosen God, now that you got off the fence, now that you're focused to finish well, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul says this, 2 Timothy 4, 7, I've fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. He's given us the formula. I love this. I just switched this verse, but 1 Corinthians 9, 26 and 27, if we could pull up the message version, I want to read it, if you have it, because I thought it was so good. And I want to end on this and then pray for some people. Do we have that message version? I could read it, part of it. If we get it, I'll pull it up. Here it is. Oh, maybe not. Oh, hello. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard is how it starts. It's actually verse uh, 26 and 27. That's the 24 and 25. If we could just go the next one. But it says, I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. And I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. I love it. I'm staying alert in top condition. I'm not gonna get caught napping, telling everyone else all about it and then miss out for myself. This is what the, they're trying to teach us. It's just saying in Philippians 3.12, not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take a hold for that which Christ Jesus took a hold of me. Straight up, honestly speaking, nowadays there's a lot of believers. I just don't see a lot of followers. You can't mix. Listen, there's one thing. We don't want to mix the world with kingdom. And listen, I'm teaching a wealth series right now. I'm in the marketplace. You know, you just got to know where to draw the line. It's Jesus first. And Jesus only. But there are principles that he's trying to get to us because destiny is your choice. What you see matters, what you believe matters, but most importantly, how you do matters the most. I just want everyone to stand to their feet because I want to pray that, listen, revelation's really important. You guys know I mention a lot about men's prayer because I'm passionate about it. Here's where we come get a corporate word. 
we get to think, we get to examine our hearts. And I'm gonna bring up my ministry team tonight. I'm gonna have Pastor Samuel pray for some people, but we're gonna end it. And I want you to feel if you just felt like there's a ceiling, you're in three categories tonight that I want people to come receive prayer for. You're not sure what you believe. You need to change your belief system. You're just gonna come up and say, I need to believe. I see, I just don't believe. You see that God is moving. You see what Jesus is doing, but you're just having a hard time believing for yourself that you can get breakthrough, that you're gonna get your spouse, that you're gonna get that new job. You're just having a belief problem. You're stuck. Listen, we wanna disciple you, love on you, pray on you, but there is such a thing as spiritual discernment that I want my ministry team to break open over heaven for you. Listen, you don't, you don't need to hear from heaven through somebody, but what happens is sometimes there is a generational curse, there is a stronghold, there is a soul tie, there is something that's blocking God speaking to you and you need to hear your father's voice, that he loves you, that he's been trying to talk to you, that he wants to impart the gifts, they're free gifts. See, the fruit of the Spirit, we got to work for. You got to tend the field. You got to plant the seed. You got to get that fruit and you got to go pick that fruit. The fruit of the Spirit, we got to put our work in. The spirit of self-control, when you're on the freeway in traffic, that's a real thing you got to work on. But gifts are free. But a lot of Christians don't know. And maybe you're new to this church and you're like, what's he talking about? The gifts of the Spirit. We're not going to put God in a box here. I need every one of you not only to see the gifts of the Spirit in action, I need you to do the gifts of the Spirit. There's a world that needs you to lay hands on the sick and watch them be healed. You have that power. That isn't for a pastor, that's not for a, a lay teacher or anything. It's every single believer that says, I wanna operate in the gifts. That you might need a family member and you're thinking, I gotta call the pastor. No, 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 let's start with you. God wants to use you. Every single one of you. Not only do we have to see it, not only do we have to believe it, we're gonna do it. And if you're in those three categories, I'm gonna open this altar and we're gonna pray, but I'm gonna pray first. Pete and your lovely wife, you're sitting in the second row right there. Listen, this is, this is a man and a woman that I greatly respect. They're going after a dream right now. They're giving me email updates. They're being bold and courageous. They're stepping out on faith. And the Holy Spirit highlighted me tonight, them. And so you're gonna pray for them because that same faith I have for everybody. They're swinging for the fences, going after a God-sized dream tonight. And he says, not only is it just for them, I have that same courage on the inside of everybody because I need my kids seeing bigger than they're seeing right now. So I'm going to pray for them. And as I pray for them, I want you to say yes and amen. Because what you put your amen to matters. And some of you are going to take some dreams back off the shelf right now and go after some stuff. Some of you are going to get bold and pray for your kids. I had a gentleman at Tuesday morning pray say, I'm here today because my little girl said, Daddy, will you pray for me? And he said, okay. And then she goes, no, out loud. And then she prayed for him out loud. And he's like, I'm the leader of this family. I got to learn how to pray out loud. And he came and he was bold. Asked her for bold requests. That man will never be the same 
but God used this little girl. He's gonna do the same for you right now. But Heavenly Father, God, I thank you. God, I thank you for this mighty couple. God, I thank you for their bold faith that they've allowed me to come on the journey with them. And we stand right now and I prophesy in open heaven that that home is theirs in the name of Jesus. That it is a God thing. And they were reminded on Sunday by a neighbor walking down the street. What a God thing. He can line up the stars in heaven. He arranged the North Star to help the shepherds guide the way, the wise men to guide the way. He will guide us to where you need to stand and believe. God, I thank you, Lord, that not only do they see that house, not only they believe for that house, that they are putting in the work to do that, to walk in that house, that they will live in that house, that it will be a testimony that will unlock hundreds of people to believe that they can have a house as well. So God, we prophesy, it is finished in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you right now. So I'm gonna open this up. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for your word tonight. The destiny is a choice that we get to choose. We have free will to follow you, to believe you, to seek you, to do the things you've asked us to do. So God, I open up right now those that feel stirred in their heart to come get prayed for. God, an impartation of faith to see bigger, to believe bigger, to do bigger. God, I thank you, Lord, for a bold church. God, I thank you, Lord, that that same verse in Joshua, to be bold and courageous, you had to remind them three times. But God, you're reminding our church that we're gonna make big leaps and bounds. That God, that we will influence political landscapes in the state of California. That God, that we, God, will be able to navigate seats of authority in our city that we love that we will shift atmosphere because we have bold and courageous faith to open heaven, that we will see a city one for Jesus, that we will see leadership that loves you, that honors you, that stands on the word of God with boldness, that we can see a state redeemed in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.